Pulp MX Network production. To this day, when I hear that song, I see you standing there on that lawn. Discount shades, store bought tank, flip flops, and cut off jeans. Somewhere between that. A new view from inside the truck. X-Racer to Racer and Eye to Eye. A casual look into the personalities of the sport and an experienced perspective into the action from week to week. It's Jason Thomas's Industry Seating. Presented by Pirelli Tires. Fly Racing, Blends All Racing Motor Oil, Works Connection, Plum Creek Funding, 612 Suspension, Fast Foundry, and Pro Glow. Welcome to the Industry Seating Podcast. My name is Jason Thomas. I don't know how you wouldn't know that. Maybe you stumbled into the wrong podcast. Maybe you lost a bet and you were forced to listen to this. But whatever the case may be, thanks for joining us. We're going to talk a little bit about what we saw at Bud's Creek. I know this is coming out on Wednesday. I get it. Been a little bit of a hectic week, a lot going on. And uh, man, I don't, I don't get much of a break lately. So do want to cover what we saw at Bud's Creek. I want to talk about Iron Man a little bit since we're halfway there to uh, the next round, the penultimate round of the series. And I want to talk about Motocross and Nations a little bit. I want to talk about Hayden Deegan a little bit. Um, so yeah, let's, let's, I don't want to focus on Bud's Creek, all of it, because it is a few days removed and you guys are probably pretty saturated on coverage of that race. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to roam around a little bit, um, if that's okay. But before we do, Let's thank the sponsors, Pirelli Tires, that MX32 Midsoft mini tire, obviously. It is also available in the uh, you know full size as well. That's my favorite tire, if you guys don't know already, that MX32. Guts Racing, check out uh, all the, you know, the, they do the custom Husky graphics for the factory team. They can do custom graphics for you. They have the RJ Wide Wing seat that Dean Wilson uses. They do all kinds of cool things over there. So check out GutsRacing.com and at GutsRacing on Instagram and see how they can dial your bike in and have you looking as sharp as possible. Plum Creek funding. If you guys have been paying attention, the, uh, the housing market is not doing so well right now. It's going through a little bit of a tough time. Uh, rates are up, you know, we're in the high fives and, uh, you know, inventories are shooting up. We're having the lowest mortgage application rates we've seen since like 2002. Uh, it's, it's a tough time right now and I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. So if you are, in need of a new house. If you are still trying to find a way to refinance, uh, I would call Zach Morris and ask some questions. That's, that's just what I would do. Um, he may not have the answer you want because it's not the same environment it was a year ago, two years ago. And you guys remember, I was, I was pounding the table telling you guys that this was opportunity of a lifetime type situation, right? If you needed to buy something, you need to do it now. If you need to refi, you need to do it now. And now we're kind of getting into the reasons why I said all of those things is because mortgage rates are up and they're not going to come back down for a while. Um, when the Fed pivots and, go, and cuts rates because we're probably in a recession, then maybe we get some relief. But I think we're a ways away from that. They really need to kill inflation. And the only way to do that is demand destruction. How do they get demand destruction? They raise rates, put the economy in a chokehold. And the natural reaction to that is demand destruction. People stop spending money. We go into recession. The economy gets a downturn and inflation comes down with it. So it's a pretty nasty cycle, but make no mistake, that's what we're in for. So 
my advice to you, if you are in a situation where you're still needing to do something is to call Zach and ask, just ask questions. That's, that's how I learned all this stuff is just asking. Uh, Fast Foundry, that same concept, right? If you are a small business, if you're a big business and you are looking at the business outlook for America and especially Europe, wow, Europe's in a tough spot. Uh, you need to make sure that you have all your uh, I's dotted and your T's crossed for your business. And I would recommend Fast Foundry for that. They are experts in that arena and they can get you dialed in. Works Connection, Pro Launch Start Device, all they do is rip hole shots, guys. That's all they do. And if you want to get a good start, if you're a racer and you want to get a good start, which if you're not, I would suggest just stop racing. Like if you don't want to get started, then you shouldn't be racing. Like there, it's just that simple. The best way to get a good start is with a pro on start device from works connection, period. End of story. And you get a promo code JT 21 that will save you some money at checkout. Grantstone boots. They always take care of me. They always have me looking sharp and it's about to get to that time again. And it's a blessing and a curse because football season comes cold weather comes. I love the fall. I get to wear, you know, you get to dress up a little bit more. You get to, I get to wear my Grantstone boots, but it also gets cold as hell here in Boise. So that comes with a cost. The point of this is I get to wear my Grandstone boots again more often because right now in Boise, it's like 105. I'm not wearing Grandstone boots right now. As much as I love that company and the people behind it, it's too hot. So we'll see when, uh, when the uh, first cold front comes through, I'm guessing probably October. ProGlow, friend Ryan Humphrey, a uh, big part of that brand over there. And they got some big things in the works. I should have more news from them soon. But uh, yeah, ProGlow is a sponsor of our fantasy uh, website, Pulpamex Fantasy, and this podcast, and just a great bunch of guys uh, in Louisiana. And uh, yeah, you should definitely support them. Power Sports Wash that is specifically formulated for all of the uses that you and I would like. Power Sports, side-by-side, dirt bikes, street bikes, all that kind of stuff. So check those guys out, ProGlow Wash, promo code MOTO15. And last but not least, Fly Racing. And, And actually, that's not true. We have a new sponsor for this week, which is super exciting, and the company is called TL Speed Shop. Now, what they are is they have a Can-Am UTV rental business in Wickenburg, Arizona, and you can fly there, and they will take care of everything. They'll take you on a tour. They have Grand Canyon tours. They have Colorado River tours. They have Sedona wine tours. They'll even go to Baja, right? And it's kind of a one-stop shop for you or your company, or if you want to do like a corporate event, travel there, they take care of everything, and you just have a great time in side-by-sides. And this is a really popular thing they do, right? I'm, I'm going to end up doing it myself here at some point, but we all know how big the side-by-side world is these days. You can't go anywhere without seeing them, but you can fly to Arizona and go in some of the best side-by-side driving in the world, and they provide everything for you. So it's a really cool program. Uh, Jason, Josh and Jason over there will get you dialed in. You can reach out to them uh, at tlspeedshop.com or 928-415-1045. Or you can just DM me and, and I'll give you all the information as well and hook you up with those guys. Just a great bunch of guys. I've known them for a while. They come to Supercrosses and uh, yeah, fly into Phoenix and, and they do the rest. So super cool deal. I mean, they'll literally kind of, and I think, that they will kind of custom tailor this stuff to you. Like if you have a tour that you really want to do, I'm sure they can figure out something, but it's typically Grand Canyon, Havasu, Baja, Sedona type stuff, right? Desert, um, high speed, but you're going to like really cool lunch spots and you know, you can overnight and all those cool things too. So 
Super excited to have TL Speed Shop and uh, Jason Cobb and the crew on board over there. So let's get into some dirt bike racing. I appreciate your patience as I work through those, uh, those sponsors, but they are very, very important and we have to talk about them. So Bud's Creek, quickly, we'll recap a little bit. You know, RJ wins, right? He hadn't won a race since Red Bud of last year and it had been weighing on him. Like he hasn't been happy with the bike. He hasn't been happy with his own riding. And he's been really vocal, like critical to the point of where like you don't hear riders talk badly about their motorcycles to the level RJ was. And the only thing you can ask is when things are better and the team responds and gets you in a better spot, you give them credit, which he did, right? If, if you're going to be hard on them, you need to be, you need to give them a lot of praise when they figure things out too. It has to be both ways or that's simply not fair, right? And, and no team's going to want to work with you or for you. If you, if it doesn't go both ways, you know, Jet Lawrence is still your points leader. He has a 37 point lead over Joe Shimoda and I think 43 over his brother. So by, for, you know, for all intents and purposes, he is going to be the champion. He could even get it done this weekend. If you know, something happened to Joe and or Hunter, I don't personally think that'll be the case. Um, I think it'll kind of be the status quo going into Fox raceway and he'll probably lock it up after the first moto. But it is certainly possible this weekend. So if it happens, it happens. If not, I think he's torn between wanting to win and also being in championship mode. Like he doesn't exactly know which, which approach to take. So he's, he's just taking things as they come at him, which is the smart thing to do. But he hasn't led a lap since Millville. Think about that. You know, your, your points leader by 37 points hasn't led a lap in three full races, six full motos without leading a lap. So I'm sure he's not thrilled about that. That's probably a stat I'll share on TV this weekend because it's, it's compelling, right? I don't think it matters. I still think Jet's the best guy and, and I can't be talked away from that. But to not lead a lap in, in you know, a month, I know there was a break in there, right? That's, that's fair. But he hasn't led a lap in a month. That's, that's reality. So um, he'll be fine though. He's going to be your champion and, and nobody will really care about that that stat I just talked about. Joe Shimoda has come on though, right? He's won two out of the last four motos. He has been better than advertised. And this is really his breakout year. You know, he, he had that huge crash in Anaheim two, I think it was. Um, and then I was like, man, it's, that's not going to be good because he needs to turn in results and get a new contract and all those things. But obviously he's here, right? And, and I think Nick Way has done wonders for him. Uh, he just looks more confident. His technique is so rock solid. His starts are coming around. Um, not every time, but they've been a little better. And he looks comfortable at the front. Like, he's not scared to win in this class. So, really nice kid. Obviously, you know, he's his real name is Takeshi Shimoda. It's not like he's American by any means. Like, he is full-blown Japanese, but he's learned English. He's adapted to American culture. Um, so, yeah, I, don't, I, I root for the kid. Nice kid, really polite. Typical Japanese, right? I don't know if you, any of you have been to Japan or familiar with that culture, but uh, etiquette is everything to them. And uh, yeah, he obviously reflects that. He's just very, very polite and always kind of says and does the right thing. Uh, Hunter Lawrence, opposite end of that spectrum. Just mistake after mistake, crash after crash, everything you can't do. And now he's, he's lost second place in the championship. And that, that is expensive, trust me. Well, don't trust me because I don't know the numbers, but I can tell you that is a painful loss of second place. And there's two races to go. Anything can happen. He can get it back, of course. But I, 
I would bet it's a significant amount of money to go from second in the championship to third. So watch for that. Watch for him to really make a push to get second back in the series. Not only for pride and to have a, you know two brothers going one two is a cool story and yada 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 like all that is also true. They, they both of these things can be true. It matters to him on that level, but it also matters financially. Like it's a big deal. The difference between second and third, like it could be a person, an, an average person's yearly salary. The difference between those two positions when you factor in. Honda and Alpine stars and whatever else, whatever other personal sponsors he has hundred percent, whatever. Um, but it's, it's big dollars there. Justin Cooper is the last guy I have a note on for the 250 class. He was sick. Um, I'm pretty sure he had COVID between Unadilla and Bud's Creek. Um, thankfully I didn't get it because I was around him on the podium a bunch at, uh, at Unadilla. I don't know if he had it then, but he, he, I don't even want to say definitely had it, but I heard from enough people that were all saying he had COVID that I'm going to just assume he had COVID. And he probably was feeling the residual effect of that at Bud's Creek. So I'm looking for him to bounce back a little bit. Uh, We'll talk about motocross of nations, which we know he is a part of. um, And I'll I'll give you my opinion on how that all went and kind of the backstory there. But um, I I think he would have been better had he not been sick. And if he doesn't, doesn't crash, you know, he got the whole shot in the first moto and then crashes. That's always going to, make your day a little bit more difficult. And I think especially for him, he's so good at the front that he, if, if you derail that, he has a tougher time. And that's another thing we'll talk about for Motocross of Nations as well. Uh, let's get into the power rankings and knock these out. Um, number 10, and there's not a lot of change here, but at number 10, I have Dylan Ferrandis. Tough day at the office for Ferrandis. I picked him on my fantasy team and that didn't really work out. Um, he looked really confident and sounded really confident on Friday when I talked to him, but yeah. And I think it would have been better if Barsha didn't take him out. Right. And you can have your own opinion on the Barsha thing. I don't care. Right. Barsha does what he does. This is not anything new regardless of whether he should have been disqualified. That's not for me to decide, but he still took him out. Like you can't argue that he went off the track and then went straight and made contact and, Ferrandis went on the ground. That's what Barsha does. That's who he is. We shouldn't expect anything different. And I'm just going to leave it there, right? If you think he should be DQ'd or not, I, it doesn't matter. I don't care. We're all entitled to our opinion on that. But Barsha does what he does. He makes contact. He, he overreacts to any slight, right? If, if you slight him in the least, he's coming back with full force. That's just, what, it's just who he's always been. And he's never going to change. And I don't care for it. I don't like it. But I also know that's just who he is, and I'm just going to have to not like it. So it, it's just, you know, it's such a cliche thing, but it is what it is with him. Like, you, if you expect anything different from him, you're going to be disappointed. End of story. Like, that's just where the, where the buck stops is right there. Don't expect anything better than that. Expect full contact, the dirtiest move you can possibly dream up. And anything better than that is great because – but if you expect that, then you're never going to be let down. Number nine, Joey Savacci. And uh, he had a really good second moto. I was very impressed. Uh, he was pressuring Tomac like all the way to the finish line. Uh, so that had to be confidence inspiring for him. He knows how good Tomac's been this year. And to be pushing him at the end had to just feel good on a, on a sentiment level, right? It wasn't the result didn't jump off the page, but I think just for him and his confidence and Surely the Kawasaki guys saw it, right? That, that, goes, that stuff goes a long way to, to proving your worth and your 
uh, entitlement to a factory level ride like that. Number eight, I have AP and I will be honest, I haven't been impressed with AP as of late. I don't think he's given many people much reason to celebrate, you know, like Unadilla, second moto was better. It's been, you know, here and there, like flat, I don't even want to say brilliance, but flashes of being better, but make no mistake. This hasn't been a good summer, right? He is very well-paid, like extremely well-paid. KTM was counting on him to be a win, a threat to win, right? He hasn't done that. Uh, and, I don't think you could look at this and say that this is satisfactory on any level for him. That's also holding him to a very high standard. I get that. So if you want to say, well, he's only a top 10 guy. Okay. Then this is what you expect, but I don't, he's not paid to be a top 10 guy. That's the problem, right? It's a blessing and a curse because it's a blessing on a financial level. He's going to be financially set for life. Hopefully if he's doing the right things with his money, but it's also, a lot of expectation and a lot of pressure. And if you don't perform, then you're, you're obviously going to have some upset people and it's going to be hard to keep your ride and keep the same paycheck. And you get a lot of frowning faces and you have to answer a lot of tough questions on Monday morning. So it's, it is what it is. I hate using that saying, but if you want the big money, you need to put up results. That's just as simple as it gets. And there's one can't come without the other. And if you, if you get the one, you get all the money and you don't turn up the results, guess what? The money's going to be significantly reduced. That's just, that's just how this game works. Number seven, I have Christian Craig and it hasn't been a good run for him, right? He has that huge crash in practice at, uh, at Bud's, or excuse me, at Unadilla. And that just kind of like derailed his form. I think he had a bad day the rest of the day. A lot of people said he probably shouldn't have been riding, not like safety wise, but just, he was just off. And then Bud's Creek wasn't a lot better, right? I watched him closely and his pace was pretty good, but he didn't put himself in a position to really succeed. And that's, that's a really big part of this class. Like look at Tomac in the second moto. He did the same thing and he couldn't overcome it. So expecting anybody else to be able to do it is probably foolish, right? So expecting Christian Craig to come from 10th to 3rd is I think unrealistic if Tomac can't even do it right in the second moto. So I don't know how much not getting picked for motocross and nations affected, you know, Christian Craig's psyche. I'm sure he's not thrilled. Like he, it seemed like he was a lock for a while. A lot of people in the pits all assumed he was getting this spot. I thought it was probably 60, 40 or better for him. And uh, yeah, it got kind of got, I don't even want to say taken away because it was never his quote unquote, but I think a lot of people, including him, really thought this was happening and, and he doesn't get it. And maybe somebody gets hurt, right? That's always a possibility. Maybe he gets back onto this team. But it, the simple fact is, for now, he wasn't chosen. And that I think that probably has some sort of me- negative mental effect for him. Now, you know, if I'm Connor Fields, like his agent and coach and, and, or any of that stuff, people that he listens to and trusts, I would try to use that as motivation to like, hey, these guys don't think you're the guy. Let's go show them you're the guy. Let's show them what they're missing out on. Let's show them why they should be picking you. And I don't know if that happens at Ironman, but I, I do think that's going to happen at Fox Raceway. He is incredible at that racetrack. And to see him come out swinging at the final round and get on the podium again wouldn't shock me. It, that wouldn't shock me at all. 
I just it might be too little too late if everybody stays healthy. Uh, number six, Justin Barsha. Kind of already talked about him. Obviously, the whole Ferrandis incident was really the only thing to talk about with him all day. Like there was really no other reason to talk about Justin Barsha on the day other than that incident with Ferrandis. He was kind of moving backwards, which is why he blasted Ferrandis. And yeah, I, I just don't, I don't even care to talk about it. Honestly, like I, I hate when he rides like that. I hate the whole dynamic of it. So yeah, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna waste my breath on him. Honestly, nice guy, incredibly nice guy off the bike. Like he really is. Like I genuinely like him when he doesn't have a helmet on, but when he puts his helmet on, he put gets on a motorcycle. I don't care for him. Like, I don't like the things he does. I think he's dangerous. Most of the time, like those takeouts can hurt people. This is their career and livelihood. Like none of that is necessary. You don't see other people doing dumb stuff like that. Um, yeah, so I, I could get off on a tangent there very, very quickly. Number five, Ryan Dungey. Uh, I was cheering for Dunge big time, man. I, I really like him. Um, I didn't know him all that well before this year. I, I guess I still don't know him all that well, but I, I didn't talk to him a lot before. And this role with you know the series and doing the pit reporting thing has really given me a chance to kind of knock that wall down and get to know him a little bit better and small talk. And I interviewed him for Inside Pro Motocross, a show we do for Tuesday night. And he's He's as advertised. He's everything you would expect. He's super nice, super polite, super respectful. And you can see how much he wants that podium. He really wants to get it done. And just kind of like that confirmation that he, I think that would be setting out what he came here to do. Now, the question is going to be, what does he do next year? Um, I think he has an offer to race full time next year. And I don't know if he's planning on doing that or not, but I think he has the opportunity if he wants it. So that'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. If he does it, if he, if he actually does race supercross the whole year or just does outdoors, I don't know. I don't really have a a strong opinion yet. Um, but I'm, I'm very curious. And, and to me, there's no downside. If he's enjoying himself and he can make a lot of money racing and, and the risk and the time away from family and all that is worth it. Hey, let's do it more. The the more, the better. It's only going to make the series better and more storylines. And Ryan Dungey is, the epitome of doing it the right way. He is what you want your child to grow up to be. So yeah, why, why would I not want that guy out there setting an example for, you know, the, the youth out there, all the kids that are riding all, you know, everybody that looks up to riders, that's who you want to look up to. If you're a parent, you basically take your child and say, Hey, you see that guy, number five, do it like he does on and off the bike, be that person. And you won't go, you can't go wrong. And I'm not saying that as like how fast he goes. I'm saying that as a man, as a person, how they approach situations, that's, that's who you want to be. So I just, I have a lot of respect for Dungey. Ken Roxon gets back on the podium. He's number four and you, you have to feel good for Kenny, right? He's been through the ringer with this stuff. I mean, his body is a complete wreck, right? I say that knowing he's like super fit and he's built like a freaking Greek God, right? He's super ripped, super vascular, but in these situations, he has a really tough time holding up because of the surgeries and all the trauma and all those things, his immune system. Well, this weekend he fought through all that and he was able to go three, three and get on the podium. It was a, I could see it in his face. It was a big relief to him. 
just to, to shut all that down, all those people that want to be naysayers. And I've been one, right? I, I don't mean anything by it. I don't have any negative intentions, but we have to talk about it. He was able to quiet all that, at least for a weekend. So I, I know internally that had to feel good for him. So that's pretty cool. Uh, number three, Jason Anderson, he wins, right? He won the race. That's his second win of the year, second win of his career. It's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I really didn't have any opinion of Jason Anderson. I was very neutral on him, um, but I'm coming around. Like I've gotten to talk to him more similarly to Dungey, and I think he's very misunderstood. I think the biggest thing that people wouldn't know about Anderson, he's probably one of the hardest workers you know, in the pits as far as like riding wise. Now, do I think he rides the most miles on his bicycle or runs the most miles during the week? No, I don't. But riding, doing laps, spending the most time at the practice track and getting the most done, I, I'm pretty confident that Anderson's right at the top, right? Maybe he's not one, but he's right there. And I've, I've heard that over the years, but it's, it's hard to trust anybody because everybody's like, oh, this is the hardest working guy. Well, I don't, how do you know that, right? I've been around enough. I've seen it. I know I'd really trust some of the people I talk to and they're like, no, no, like I've seen it all. This guy is busting his ass. And when I say that the results are backing that up. So there's your, there's your validation and your verification of all that talk about how hard he's working. Dude, he's won two races this summer. He's really never done anything outdoors and he wins two overalls already. So really cool to see from Anderson. And he's, he's coming into his own, you know, he's this far in his career and he's coming into his own. The top two should be obvious, right? No change. Sexton and Tomac and Sexton. What more can you say? Right. He, he really screwed up that first moto crashes twice. You think he's maybe given it up, you know, blown it like completely ruined this championship. And then not only does Tomac open the door, but Sexton drives right through it and wins the second moto with a crash. He crashed the second moto and still won. So these guys are giving us everything we could want. I don't think a lot's changed as far as their mental approach or their psyche, other than like Tomac's like, I told you I could beat him. I, I told you, you know, after um, Chase had won those motos in a row and, re- you know, he'd won three motos in a row and was starting to assert himself I thought Tomac did a really good job of shutting that down in the first moto and kind of bringing the conversation back to reality a little bit. And then Chase overcame adversity and, and tightened the title back up in the second moto. So we, get, we did get a two-point swing. We did get a change in number, you know, the red plate. But I don't think either guy really is changing their approach mentally. And that's what's important, right? We, we want to see this thing go all the way down to the last moto and bet, made the best man win we still have that same status quo, which is awesome. And these guys are going for it. I mean, they are absolutely sending it every time they're out there. So kudos to them for giving us such a great championship battle. And please, please, for the love of God, stay healthy as we head an inch ever closer to, uh, to the motocross of nations. That was a sip of uh, my coffee. And I apologize for that. It's really unprofessional, but hey, we're just, uh, we're just talking, right? We're amongst friends. Um, so I want to talk about motocross and nations a little bit. Speaking of that, as you know, Justin Cooper was chosen and this was back and forth for a long time. Uh, I remember leaving Redbud. It was a Barsha Craig 1-2. Like that, they were really the only ones in it because Justin Cooper was not riding very well. And then Barsha really 
started kind of pooping the bed. Like he just wasn't, that's a terrible saying. He wasn't riding very well. And I think he just rode himself right out of contention. There's no other way to say it. I think there are some other factors involved. I think incidents like this weekend with Ferrandis, I don't think everybody necessarily wants Barsha on the team. I, I, I really believe that. I think there are people involved that are like, we don't need that. We don't need that kind of drama. Like, no, thank you. Now, does that, is that the deciding factor? Probably not. But I think there is that sentiment out there. Um, but I think, honestly, more than anything, just the results, his results took him out of contention. You know, that nothing, nothing really more to it than that. And then it came down, like, everybody was pointing to Christian Craig, right? He was the de facto guy. And then Unadilla happened. Because, well, I shouldn't say that. Let's back up. Justin Cooper took the bull by the horns, the second moto at Washougal. And I think he made everybody go, well, hold on. If Cooper's going to be this guy again, we need to seriously think about making him the guy because he's a great starter. He's been on the team before. He races this class, all those things. Yeah, you know, all the reasons why you would have Justin Cooper. The only one, the only reason he wasn't is because he wasn't riding very well. That, that's it. Like, that's a, literally the only reason that he wasn't the automatic choice. So if he's going to remove the only reason for him to not be on the team, then it's a no-brainer. And he goes out and wins Washougal. We get this break. Everybody has to think about it, talk about it, you know, back and forth. What do we do? Who, who deserves it? Well, then we go to Unadilla, and he wins the second moto again, right? So he further reinforces the fact that he's back. And to make matters that much worse, Christian Craig probably has his worst day of the series after that big crash. So it was a kind of a multitude of events that cascaded into Cooper getting this spot, in my opinion. And if I'm being honest, I think Justin Cooper is the best pick. Uh, you know, Christian Craig hasn't been riding in 250 outdoors. He, you know, really wasn't a winning contender in 250 motocross anyway, but he, he rode really well this summer and he rode really well in supercross. I get all the reasons why he's in it, but if you're going to give me Justin Cooper at his best or Christian Craig at his best on a 250, I think Cooper's the better pick because he has experience at this race. He was at Assen and he knows how the program goes. He's felt the pressure of this event before. I don't think Justin Cooper really cares about who the names on backs of jerseys or anything like that. He's, he's pretty impervious to a lot of that stuff, which I think is incredibly important for this event. And I always thought Cooper was the right guy. He just needed to get everything back to normal. And I didn't know if he was going to. That was the problem is, yeah, okay, great. He's the best pick if he's 100%, but it doesn't look like he's getting to 100%, and we can't count on that. Okay, fair. Absolutely fair. But I maintained that take the entire time that if, you're, if he can find a way back to being Justin Cooper winning Nationals guy, then he's the choice. He, I don't know, I don't want to say deserves. I was about to say he deserves it. No one deserves anything. You go out and earn a choice, and you, we pick the best guy that gives the team the best chance to win. Right now, Justin Cooper, outside of this weekend, I think he was sick. The way he's riding, his starts, his ability to get you know, a good qualifying gate pick, do all the things right. I think he can get a top five start on his 250. I really, really do. If we give him the inside gate, I think he can be top five, maybe at the worst top 10 from that inside gate. Um, as long as we qualify well on Saturday. So 
watch for that, right? If we he goes out there and it doesn't even matter as much on Saturday with the qualifier because the field is it's just going to be 250s and he'll rip a good start. But if he gets that inside gate on Sunday and we qualify well, that could be the difference, right? He gets one really good moto finish because of that really good start, and that could be all we need. So I like the pick. I do feel bad for Christian Craig. I don't think that would have been a bad pick at all, but there can only be one. You know, it had, they have to pick between the two guys, and uh, I think for now, I think they got it right, right? We'll see how it goes the rest of the year. Maybe, maybe you know, Tomac or Sexton get hurt and we have to put Craig on the 450. That's possible. That is definitely possible. Um, but for now, I think we have a really, really strong team. Now the other teams are going to be good. France is going to be great. They have a really strong team. I was very unhappy to see Marvin get chosen for the 250 because he's experienced. He knows what this race is all about. He knows Redbud really well. He's not a French rider coming over to America. He's a French American racing in this a track and a series he's used to. So I, he takes away a lot of the uncertainty from France for me. Now it could have been worse. They could have put Fevre on the team. They didn't, thankfully. So it's not the end of the world. But we have our work cut out with us for us with uh, with Team France, and then Australia, Jet Hunter and Mitch Evans, the full HRC Honda team. That's going to be a formidable opponent as well. Um, I don't know how Mitch Evans will do. Right, he's a wild card a little bit, but he's certainly capable. He's super fast. It's just, can he put it all together on that Sunday? And can Hunter avoid the mistakes? How does Jet do on the 450? There's a lot of questions that need to be answered there. And then you have all the other unknowns, right? Uh, the Netherlands shouldn't be, should that we shouldn't uh, underestimate them because Koldenhoff and I get, I'm guessing they'll go like Kaida Wolf or Van de Moshdijk and um, who's the other guy? Um, gosh. Can't think of his name. Vlanderen, sorry. Um, so they have a strong team. Like it, it may not be a team that a lot of American casual fans go in thinking like, oh, wow, the Netherlands is going to be tough. But I'm telling you, on that Sunday, a lot of people are going to be surprised that Netherlands is like, oh, crap, who are these guys and why are they so high up in the rankings? Um, because they, they have a stronger team. They have a stronger team than most of the people that will be in attendance will be thinking about. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, so that's it. For, you know, we're, we're a month out, literally a month away uh, from the, uh, I think the, the team intro would be today, uh, a month from now. So super excited about that. I'll be in the booth with Paul Malin talking about the race and it's going to be a great time. The last thing I wanted to talk about for this podcast was uh, Hayden Deegan. He is making his debut this weekend and there's been a lot of drama around Hayden, right? His, his YouTube presence kind of makes that even more so. Steve Matheson, I disagree on that. Like Steve thinks that it's a bad idea to draw that much attention to him before he even turn pro, turns pro. I don't. I think it's awesome. He's built a brand. He, it's very profitable. And whether he does well or not is not going to be controlled or influenced by his YouTube page. It's just not. He's either going to go fast and succeed or he's not. He has the best bike with a Monster Star Yamaha. So there you go. That's step one. He has a ton of talent. He has every resource known to man to make himself better. So I don't see the downside in, in building this brand around him. Okay. Now, Steve says there's too much pressure, too much expectation. You're putting a bullseye on his back. All those things. I don't, I don't know, man. If you're on a factory team coming right out of amateurs, 
guess what? You're going to have all that anyway. Every track you go to as a factory level rider, you're going to get, people are going to be gunning for you. That's just what it is. Like it was no different for me. And I was a nobody coming out of amateurs. I didn't was on a factory team or any of that. But if I went to a local track, yeah, guess what? Everybody was, you know, trying to beat me because I was the local fast guy or whatever. Like that's, that's nothing new. And it's been nothing new for, for Hayden Deegan his entire life. If he's not, you know, his dad is Brian Deegan. His dad was metal militia. His sister is a NASCAR star. Like if he's not used to being in the spotlight or dealing with expectation and people, you know, kind of all staring at him, I don't know when he will be because it's been like that literally since he's been of age, right? Literally since he can remember, that's been the situation. So I don't personally think there's a lot of drawback. I just think he'll make more money. He's going to have more opportunities. All of these in in and out of the industry brands are going to want to attach their name to him. Um, there's a lot, a lot of upside there. And to me, not enough downside to kind of offset that. So it's going to be an interesting weekend to see how he does. I don't have any preconceived notions for him. I, I don't. Um, if you told me he got fifth, I would be like, okay. And if you told me he got 13th, I'd be like, okay. Um, you know, I will say that that rider, Guillaume Ferris from Spain, he was good last weekend and, and he kind of, I think, made me realize Hayden could do better. And, and I shouldn't because you look at Ryder D, Ryder D was running around in the top five and he faded a little bit, but he was certainly capable. So it wouldn't shock me to see Hayden grab a hole shot and lead for a while like that. These amateurs are good at that. They're so good at rocketing out of the gate and putting in sprint laps. And it just seems to happen, right? You see these kids like Ryder D did it at Red Buddy, pulls a whole shot and crashes. But still, this is what they do. This is what they know. They know how to get good starts. They know how to sprint at the very beginning. Now the racecraft and how does he handle 35 minutes twice and all those things, we'll see, right? He's going to have to show us. But I do think you'll see some flashes from him. I, I do. I think there will be plenty to, uh, to talk about from him. I just don't know what the final result necessarily looks like. So that's it for this week. Um, a little bit short, but uh, yeah, it's Wednesday. Um, but I did want to talk about a few things. Obviously, this weekend is Ironman. Uh, it's going to be kind of similar weather to Bud's Creek. I hope the humidity is not as bad. It was really humid at Bud's Creek. Uh, but man, we've been really lucky with the weather this year. No rain, not crazy hot. And it uh, looks like it's going to be kind of the, that way for the rest of the year. I haven't looked at the weather for Fox Raceway. I'm guessing it's going to be, you know, 100 degrees or something. It's typical for uh, September, that part of the world. Um, but, yeah, just thankful for my position with uh, the series, thankful for all these opportunities, and uh, thankful to, uh, to do this podcast that you're listening to. So we will uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you to the sponsors. Thank you to uh, uh, TL Speed Shop for coming on board. And we'll talk to you after Ironman. See you.